Please be seated. Sorry, this is the ancient ceremony of getting the uh, microphone fixed up. <laughs> Don't panic. It's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> I was going to start by saying uh, occasions like this are, are often times of great tradition. Uh, let's break a tradition by all smiling, but uh, that's a bit redundant now. Can I be, begin by welcoming everyone this evening? Welcome to our end of year worship and graduation ceremony. It's a particular pleasure to welcome family and friends of all those who will graduate this evening, along with many long-term friends and supporters of Union College. We greatly value the support given by friends of the college over many years, and I'm confident that I speak on behalf of all of our students when I thank those of you who have given truly invaluable support to your husband or wife our son or daughter, perhaps your grandchild, maybe your father, in the journey that has brought him or her to this evening. The evening will proceed unannounced, so if you simply follow your order of service, we won't go far wrong. At the end of the service, following the benediction, I invite you to resume your seats again for a few minutes before we go over uh, to college for some refreshments. And everyone is invited to college for refreshments after the service. This is something of a hybrid event. It's both an academic ceremony and a service of worship. So which should dominate? Which should take priority? I don't think there are any prizes going for the answer to that question. This evening we will celebrate. We will celebrate successful completion of courses, but we will also celebrate our faith. The next hour or so is first and foremost an offering that we bring to God. As a theme for our worship, Psalm 47 verse 8 simply says, God reigns. God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne. So it's right and appropriate that we worship our God. And we begin our worship singing together the first hymn 
on your order of service. God is our strength and refuge, our present help in trouble. We stand and sing together. Almighty God, we lift up your name in praise and worship this evening. God of creation, we bless you for the beauty of this world and for the gift of life. God of our salvation, we bless you for all that you have done for us in Christ. And God of all knowledge, we bless you for the Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth. Lord, forgive us for our sins. Too often we disappoint you by our actions, by our words, by our thoughts and attitudes. We thank you for Jesus who loves us and saves us. Lord, we bless you for your church built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. Tonight we thank you for every student of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, and especially for those who have now completed this formal stage of training to be ministers and deaconesses. 
and we thank you for others who have joined with us in this past year. Grant to us now that we might worship you in spirit and in truth as true worshippers. And we ask these things in Jesus, our Savior's name, and for his sake. Amen. Scripture reading is taken tonight, as we say, from Psalm 47. Um, Let's read the Word of God together. Clap your hands, all people. Shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord, the Most High, is to be feared, a great King over all the earth. He subdued peoples under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord, with the sound of trumpet. Sing praises to God. Sing praises. Sing praises to our King. Sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over all the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the peoples gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Amen. I've uh, heard this address in uh, this service referred to a number of times, I think mostly by, by Patton as the State of the Union address. It combines together some reflections on the past year in Union College, but also with some exhortation, I hope, and, and encouragement for all of us and particularly for the graduating class. Do keep in mind what we've just had read, the phrase that I announced at the beginning of our worship, God reigns over all the earth. Our Lord reigns. So what have you been doing since this time last year? Anything interesting? Anything exciting? Um, Good year? Bad year? Indifferent year? another year. What sort of year has it been? In some ways, it's been a very good year for us at Union College. Student numbers are are very healthy. We have currently enrolled 315 students, of whom 49 are students for the ministry of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. Over 180 are studying full-time and about 130 part-time Examination results have been pleasing, and students who graduated last year have gone on to a wide range of employment. Obviously, many of our students for the Presbyterian ministry have gone into assistantships in PCI, but others have gone into teacher training, youth work, and yet others into business and industry. College this year has done what it has done for many years in the past, brought theological training to men and women that has allowed them and equipped them to serve Jesus Christ in the world. 
And currently we have very many good students. Well, we have a few good... No, 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 we have very many good students. And good in in a number of senses of that word. Some are academically strong. Some have a wonderful sense of humor. Some have very winsome personality, a lovely heart. Some are deeply, deeply spiritual people. And together, we aspire to be a community where all of these are valued, where academic excellence, winsome character, and spiritual beauty are held together in the development of fully rounded Christian faith. We want to be a community whose members grow together as persons and as Christians, whose members go out into the wider world to use their gifts and training in such a way that all who meet them might, in the best possible way, see through them. Strangely, at the end of the day, we don't really want people to say of our students, hey, this is, this is a great isn't she wonderful? It's nice when people say that, but it's not ultimately what we want people to say of our students. We want our people, we want people to be able to see through our students, to see the God who has given them the gifts that they have brought to college, to see the Lord who has molded them into what they are, We want people to look through our students and say with the psalmist, yes, we can see it, the Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. That's what we want from our students. Some students have had life-changing events in the past year. Some have become fathers since the last time we've met. Some have been married. Not the same ones, of course. Different, <laughs> different folk here. Some have, have rejoiced for a host of reasons. For example, time and again, as Ronnie Hetherington and I have interviewed students about congregational placements and assistantships, they've repeatedly said how good an experience they're having in the places to which they've been sent. For them, it's been a good year. And isn't it good when life goes well? Isn't it good when all around you falls into place and there's order in your world? So if this year has been like that for you, if it's been a good year, then thank God for it. For you, perhaps it's straightforward and easy to say with the psalmist, God reigns over the nations. God is seated on His holy throne, and I'm rejoicing in that. But for some of us, it's been a difficult year. For some in our community, it's been a really difficult year, perhaps even a year to forget. Some have had significant family illness. Some have known the pain of bereavement. Others have suffered real disruptions at home, personal weakness, maybe even a sense of failure. It's one thing to exult when life is going well. The Lord reigns. 
It's quite another to affirm it in softer tones. In the darker day. But with the psalmist again, as we remember personal difficulties, traumas even, we affirm even in the pain, we affirm the Lord reigns. He is robed in majesty. The Lord is robed in majesty and is armed with strength. The world is firmly established. Cannot be moved. For our God reigns. It's been a difficult year, I know, for some individually. So what about us as a college, as an institution? The college football team. how can I put it, has perhaps not covered itself in glory. In fact, they probably set a record that will stand for some time with their 22-1 defeat a few months ago. So guys, as uh, you trooped off the pitch together, let me guess what happened as you walked off the pitch. Andrew Conway, I think, is captain. My guess is that Andrew shouted at the top of his voice, Let the heavens rejoice, let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. But it's true. Whether it's that ugly defeat for a football team or anything else that comes to us in life, that absolute truth never changes. The Lord reigns. The Lord reigns. Administratively and organizationally within the college, it's been an uneasy year. And perhaps can I pause for a minute to, to thank Sandra and the secretarial and administrative staff, library staff, housekeeping and maintenance staff for their great work during the year. Thank you so much. Management of the college over the past couple of years has been reconstructed, and we have new procedures in place, new ways of doing things. Adjustments like that are always unsettling and can be difficult. In addition, Queen's University, with whom we work in partnership, has been rethinking its structures, and the Institute of Theology has come under the spotlight. There may be huge changes ahead, Again, that has been unsettling, awkward, not only for us, but for our colleagues in Edge Hill, Belfast Bible College, and the Irish Baptist College. Sometimes changes are described as earth-shaking. Some are less dramatic. But in times of change, especially change where we don't feel that we ourselves are in complete control, we're not in control of what's happening to us. It is good to remind ourselves of the psalmist's words. When all around us changes, we affirm time and again that the Lord reigns. Let the nations tremble. He sits between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. What's the connection between 1978 and 2010. If I say 1978 and 2010, it's not, by the way, they were both World Cup years. 
just in case. 1978 in Rome and 2010 in Belfast in Union College. Well, 1978 was the year of the three popes. In that year, three popes sat in the Vatican. 2010 at Union College is the year of the three principles. <laughs> Professor Kirkpatrick held the post up until April, and on behalf of all of us, Lawrence, I'd like to thank you for your leadership as principal over the past few years, for your energy and drive, for your orderly way of doing things, and your inclusive approach to what we are as a faculty. Thank you. In June, the General Assembly will appoint as a three-year secondment a new principal of Union College with executive responsibilities. The General Board, when it meets, will nominate Professor Patton Taylor to the General Assembly. Patton, as we assume the General Assembly, will accept the nomination of the General Board and appoint you as principal. I would like to take this opportunity to assure you of our full support for the next three years as you lead us forward. And from April to June, I'm keeping the seat warm. Personally, I'd like to say thank you to everyone who has helped me through the past few weeks as I've kept the principal's chair warm. These past few weeks have shown clearly that I am suited to the office of principal as much as Julian Clary is suited to playing rugby league. <laughs> Some of you can explain that one to others. <laughs> but isn't it good to remember that the college is not the possession of a principal or of a committee or of the General Assembly, but over all of us stands Jesus Christ, and when we feel, as I have felt, utterly unable for the task to which we've been called, and whether that is as a pastor, a deaconess, a youth worker, a husband, a mother, we remind ourselves with the psalmist, yes, the Lord reigns forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations, praise the Lord. But another change of personnel is in the air. Stephen Gregory has been with us as librarian since the 1st of August 1997, and in that time has brought to the library real professionalism at a high degree of efficiency. But more than that, Stephen has always been accommodating and gracious, to be sure guarding the books like a mother hen guards her chickens, but he has seen to it that the Gamble Library maintains and enhances its reputation as the foremost theological library in the province and one of the most important historical libraries also. So we thank Stephen for his 13 years of invaluable work for Union College, and we wish him well in retirement. We pray that he will always know the peace that comes from the assurance that as he returns to the distant shores of England, that the Lord reigns. Let the earth be glad. Let the distant shores rejoice. On the 14th of November, 2009, fire crews were called to Union College on two occasions. In the early hours, they extinguished a small fire, but around dawn, they returned to find a blaze that was so severe that nothing could be done to save their newly renovated training resource center. 
new facility was due to be handed over in a fortnight, but within a couple of hours, one and a half million pounds of work went up in flames. The negotiations and paperwork for the rebuilding process is well underway, and we hope that we'll have possession of the new facility within a year from now. It took a wee while for the enormity of what had happened to settle in. But as we look back, we are grateful to God that no serious injuries were sustained and the fire was contained and didn't reach the chapel or the library. We'll probably never know whether the fire was caused by faulty components, a mistake by a workman, or perhaps by arson. Whatever. Yet again, the psalmist reminds us to be very confident And so we are, confident that when things seem hugely unfair, when life is just not fair, still, yep, tempted to ask you to chorus it with me, still the Lord reigns. Forever He has established His throne for judgment. I can't end this synopsis of the year without mentioning the graduating class If I focused on the past year as somewhat shrouded in cloud, I look and take note that these folk are leaving, and it reminds me that every cloud certainly has a silver lining. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, you go to assistantships, and Amy, you go to your placement to be leaders of the people of God. You go to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until they all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. As you begin your full-time ministries, may everyone whom you meet have cause to thank God for you. May you know the unction of the Holy Spirit. May you always be open to his gentle guidance in delicate pastoral affairs. May you weep with those who weep. May everyone who hears you preach and teach exclaim in wonder with the prophet who said, How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion, your God reigns. And for all of us, we're here tonight to celebrate together, to celebrate the work done by these graduates whom we honor. We also celebrate the support that many of you have given to these men and women. For this too we honor you. We celebrate the work of Union Theological College as a whole and the church of which we are a part. But more than this, much more than this, we celebrate the glory of the one whose college this is, the one whose church this is, the one whose world this is, the one whom we serve. We celebrate the glory of the one before whom all creation will one day bow. And on that day, A voice will come from the throne saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. Then we will hear what sounds like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God 
the Almighty reigns. Let us pray. Lord, we hold within our minds the things of earth, the fluxes and refluxes of life, the good and the bad. But above all, gracious Lord, give us every moment of every day a vision of you in your glory that sets everything else in its place, a vision of your splendor, your throne from which you rule. Lord, we bless you. We worship you. We adore you. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we think about the reign of God, surely we have to stand and sing together. Second hymn on your order of service. Come, people of the risen King, who delight to bring Him praise.
the range of awards to be presented this evening on behalf of the Presbyterian Theological Faculty Ireland helps to illustrate the diversity of college life today. For although union exists primarily to train candidates for the ordained ministry of PCI, our community experience is enriched by the presence of many others who seek to acquire a good theological education or to further enhance their skills for Christian service. Tonight, as we acknowledge the hard work and diligent study of those students who are graduating, might I suggest that the congregation keeps its well-deserved applause until all the presentations have been made, and that we then enthusiastically express our congratulations. Our first three categories of award come out of partnerships with three important mission agencies. First, for many years, the Board of Mission Overseas has given scholarships to sister churches throughout the world to enable them to send some of their members to study in Ireland. This year, we have been very happy to have two students with us from the Hungarian Reformed Church. Both have a special interest in pastoral counseling and have written fine dissertations in that area. Therefore, we present with certificates in theology and pastoral studies, Ms. Rosa Drabek and the Reverend Zoltan Lez. The Belfast City Mission is among the oldest mission agencies in Ireland. For the past 10 years, one of their missionaries has pioneered a detached outreach work in the city centre. Having completed a course of study with us, he now graduates with a certificate in ministry, William Cowan. For a number of years, Union College has had a partnership with the Youth and Children's Board. One aspect of this relationship is that we offer to theology students who are not training for ordination the opportunity to add to their Queen's degree a qualification in youth ministry. Tonight, we have two of the three students who have successfully completed the graduate certificate in youth ministry. Andrew Dixon and Craig Lynn. I'm delighted to report that 16 students for the ordained ministry of the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, currently in their final year, have successfully completed the theological study and practical training required by our denomination. Having undertaken their study and training at Union College, all are eligible for a postgraduate diploma in ministry. In addition, the Board of Christian Training, at its meeting this afternoon, approved the recommendation that these 16 students should receive the required certificates for licensing. I would therefore invite them to step forward in turn so that you may present to each his or her diploma together with, on behalf of the board, a certificate of licensing. So I present the following students for the postgraduate diploma in ministry and certificate of licensing. 
Peter Boval from the Congregation of Grantia, under the care of the East Belfast Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in White Abbey in the Presbytery of North Belfast. Jonathan Boyd from High Street Hollywood, under the care of East Belfast Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Stormont, also in East Belfast. Jonathan Kyan from Stranorler, under the care of the Derry and Donegal Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Kilfenan in the same presbytery. Peter Douglas from Hamilton Road, under the care of Ards Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in West Church Bangor in the Ards Presbytery. Daryl Edwards from Ballygally, under the care of the Oma Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Ballygallan in the Presbytery of Down. Ivan Ferris from White Abbey, under the care of North Belfast, currently serving as student assistant in Abbott's Cross in the same presbytery. Richard Houston from Rathcool, under the care of the North Belfast Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in First Larne in the Carrickfergus Presbytery. Graham McConville from Hamilton Road, under the care of Ards Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in First Carrickfergus in the Carrickfergus Presbytery. David McCullough from Second Kedy, under the care of the Armagh Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Kirkpatrick Memorial in the Presbytery of East Belfast. Colin Miller from Beaver, under the care of South Belfast Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in First Newton Ards within the Presbytery of Ards. Noel Mulholland from Castle Dawson, under the care of the Tyrone Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Cunningham Memorial in the Ballymena Presbytery. Jane Nelson from Rosemary, under the care of the North Belfast Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in St. John's Newton Breda in the Presbytery of East Belfast. Mark Proctor from First Portadown, under the care of the Armagh Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Lega Curry in the Dromore Presbytery. Norman Smith from Bucna, under the care of the Ballymena Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Ballyclare in the Presbytery of Carrickfergus. Jackie Spence from Eglinton, under the care of North Belfast, currently serving as student assistant in Kilbride in the Temple Patrick Presbytery. John Stanbridge from First Coleraine, under the care of the Coleraine and Limavady Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Ballywillan in the same presbytery. Two further students, having undertaken most of the theological study required by our church, prior to their acceptance as candidates for the ordained ministry, have successfully completed any outstanding courses along with the necessary practical training at Union College and are therefore eligible for the postgraduate certificate in ministry. At its meeting this afternoon, the Board of Christian Training was pleased to approve the recommendation that they too should receive certificates of licensing. Accordingly, may I present for the postgraduate certificate in ministry and certificate of licensing, Helen Freeburn from Lucan, 
under the care of the Dublin and Munster Presbytery, currently serving as student assistant in Harmony Hill in the Dromore Presbytery, and Gareth McLean from Stormont, under the care of East Belfast, currently serving as student assistant in Second Cumber in the Presbytery of Down. Finally, last but certainly not least, Union counts it a privilege to be involved in the training of those who have been called to work as deaconesses within the Presbyterian Church in Ireland. The presence of five such trainees this year has greatly enhanced college life. And this evening I'm delighted to present for the Diploma in Ministry Diaconal Studies Amy Johnston from Trinity Balamone in the Root Presbytery, serving her probationary year in Muckamore in the Presbytery of Temple Patrick. I think a warm round of applause is now called for. Let's unite together in prayer. Let us pray. O Lord God, our gracious and eternal Sovereign Father, we come to you acknowledging your love for us in Jesus Christ and for the fact that you have called us to yourself in him. We praise you that you give gifts to human beings for the building up of the church, the body of Christ. We thank you for all who teach and all who study in this theological college, for the rich and happy community life, for the deepening of faith and fellowship, which is part of that. And we thank you especially tonight for those who have graduated as they leave the college and enter various fields of Christian service, whether working as young people, as deaconess, or as ministers of your word. Grant that they will ever be obedient to your call in their lives. Save them from worldly ambition, that they may seek in all things to do your will. Sustain them in their desire to give to you the whole of their lives. Help them to measure their gifts against the glory of your love and the depth of eternity. Deepen their faith. Grant that they may grow in their knowledge of you. Save them, we pray, from cynicism, weariness, and despair. Enable them to stand firm in Christ, in the godless spirit of the age in which we live. Enable them to stand for justice and truth before their own rights and freedom. Inspire them to speak your word that men, women, and young people might receive it, believe it, and obey it. Give them a love for people, the ability to discern the needs of those they serve. Grant that they may know when to speak and when to be silent, what to do and when to do it. And grant that above all else, they will have a desire to make the gospel known, that they might point people to the one who alone is able to save. So send them from this college with a growing vision of your glory, a clear understanding of the world, and a deepening love for people. 
May they find power, peace, and gladness in the service of Christ. Renew in them their first love for their Lord, and make them pure in heart, that they may see you and glorify your name. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Principal, it's a special privilege for me to present Ivan Hull to you today, since I was his assistant for three years. That may have been the greatest challenge Ivan ever faced in ministry. That he overcame the obstacle may be deduced both from a good 20 years of service in Ulsterville, after he saw the back of me, and from our continuing friendship in the intervening years. Ivan grew up in Banbridge. After attending the academy, he studied electrical engineering at Queen's University Belfast, moving on to postgraduate training and employment in Scotland and subsequently with Northern Ireland Electricity. This was the time of marriage to Margaret and for setting up home first in Carrickfergus, then in Lurgan, where they were members of North Street and then First Lurgan congregations in turn. Ivan and Margaret have three sons, Nigel, Martin and Andrew, and six grandchildren, two girls and four boys. After hearing and responding to God's call to the ministry of Word and Sacrament, Ivan began training here at the Assemblies College in 1971 and studied for an honours BD in New Testament. In Railway Street Congregation Lisburn in the Dromore Presbytery, he was assistant to Howard Crummy, whom the General Assembly would later honour as its moderator, and was ordained there in 1976. This was a formative time for Lisburn was developing rapidly and Railway Street growing. In 1977, Ivan was installed into his first charge in Enniskillen congregation in the Oma Presbytery. Working with young people, including in Christian Endeavour, was a highlight of those years, as were hospital chaplaincy, work as a governor in three local schools, and pastoral ministry, during which both house groups and divine healing services were begun. Ivan became minister of Ulsterville in South Belfast in November 1984, where he would remain till Ulsterville and Windsor congregations amalgamated in tandem with his retirement in January 2010. The single most important thing to which the award of this honorary degree relates is Ivan's ministry on the lower Lisburn Road. For a quarter of a century, he served Ulsterville in the context of the inner city and of challenges brought about by inexorable demographic change. I can mention only a few salient things from this ministry. Embracing Ulsterville's rich history of releasing its members for overseas mission and supporting them long term. Shaping and sharing a vision for how to be and do church in ways relevant to a secular society. Promoting and pursuing partnership in the gospel with local churches of other traditions. Pastoring a people who came to trust him completely, while continuing working at equipping them for service and witness through enthusiastic Bible exposition and through worship that uses fresh words for expressing all that is essential to Christian faith. And all of this while leading an aging and diminishing congregation through gradual and sensitive change. How pertinent 
is all this for other ministers and congregations facing steady decline and seeking inspiration for steering and staying the course. Ivan has had a strong commitment to the Presbytery of South Belfast and the Synod of Belfast, working hard at developing a coherent and united approach to Christian mission within its bounds and across the city. In the 1980s, he got involved in the first consultations on urban mission that were ever organized here. By the early 1990s, as evangelism agent, he'd helped this presbytery research, decline, evangelism, and renewal, and draw up a manifesto and action plan on evangelism. He chaired the Strategy for Development Committee, encouraging congregations to realize their potential and to confront issues of viability and resourcing for mission. And he currently convenes the Presbytery Mission Development Committee. Ivan has also contributed fully to the boards of the church, previously serving the Union Commission and its City Area Committee, and currently the State Education Committee, or the Finance Subcommittee of the Board of Finance and Administration. Within the Board of Evangelism and Christian Training, he was instrumental in the creation of the new post of Evangelism Promoter in 1990. Then in 1997, he contributed significantly to Life Two and its manual, as well as to the first census which arose from it. He devised the questionnaire and compiled the database for the groundbreaking stress in the ministry report published by PCI in the same year. Thanks to Ivan, one could say, the whole denomination now takes seriously attrition affecting those in full-time pastoral ministry with the challenge of responding. On the basis that the gospel affects reconciliation in Christ, Ivan has engaged in courageous dialogue across the divide in our society. He participated in the <clears throat> discussions which led to the publication Evangelicals and Catholics Together in Ireland in 1998 and has regularly attended the St. Michael's cross-community conferences on the Antrim Road. As a measure of the esteem in which he is held, he was a guest preacher for this year's Novena in Clonard in February 2010. With others, he engaged in protracted and challenging talks with Sinn Féin, which helped bring about the 1994 IRA ceasefire and prepare a path towards democratic politics for Republicans. Last but not least, I wish to highlight Ivan's commitment to theology, which helps account for what has been said already. He taught New Testament in Queen's University's Institute for Continuing Education, for three years, but his inquiring theological mind has simply been hard at work throughout his ministry. The day I first met him, my new boss quizzed me on Christian baptism. If you can't get your head around justification, or N.T. right, or what renewed corporate worship might look like, or if you'd like to know what the Eastern Orthodox theology or practice might have to teach us, well, just ask Ivan, and he'll help you get thinking too. In short, principle, a significant ministry of quiet and patient endeavor, worthy of recognition by the Presbyterian Theological Faculty Ireland. To use words from one of our church's most respected ministers, Ivan has, I quote, served Christ 
the Presbyterian Church in Ireland, the wider Church of Christ, and the local community in a consistently dedicated manner that bears witness to his integrity, true faith, and love of people. End of quote. Well said. It is therefore my pleasure on this occasion to present for the conferment of the degree of Doctor of Divinity, honoris causa, the Reverend William Ivan Hull, BSc, BD. vested by Royal Charter in the Presbyterian Theological Faculty, Ireland. I, as principal, admit you, William Ivan Hull, BSc, BD, to the degree of Doctor of Divinity, honoris causa. Reverend Principal, it's my pleasure to present uh, Derek John McKelvey. He is already well known to staff and students in Union Theological College. Not only is he the minister of the neighboring church of Fisherwick and convener of the Committee for Ministry Students in South Belfast Presbytery, but he has since September 1983, taught elementary Hellenistic Greek in Union College to a generation of would-be ministers and theological students. Derek is no stranger to this area of South Belfast. Although his parents, John and Lily, both came from farms in County Tyrone, from earliest childhood, his family lived in Finnehy. Born on the 24th of November, 1945, he attended school at Inchmarlow and Inst. His parents, and later his elder brother, ran grocery, green grocery and butchery shops on the Ormo Road and at Stramillis and Tokmona. With his family, he worshipped at Malone Presbyterian Church and was a member of the 84th Company of the Boys' Brigade attached to Finnehy Low Memorial Church. From Inst, he went to Queen's and from there to Union College, or Assemblies College as it was then known, graduating with a Bachelor of Divinity in 1970. After being licensed by the South Belfast Presbytery in June 1970, he was ordained in First Bangor as the assistant minister in January 1971 by the Presbytery of Ards. I'm tempted to say that after so many years in South Belfast, the move to Bangor must have been something of a shock to assist him. His move to Bangor turned out to be longer than he possibly imagined at the time, 
for on completing his assistantship, he was called by the congregation of Bally Gilbert. His time in Bally Gilbert from 1973 to 1994 was marked by a period of considerable growth in the size of the congregation and also spiritual renewal. Eventually, he accepted a call to become the minister of Fisherwick and was installed in January 1994. From then to the present, he has been securely located in South Belfast again. So much for a brief itinerary of his life. While the distance covered may have been short, from Belfast to Bangor and back, the journey itself has been exceptionally full. Many of those present tonight are especially indebted to you, Derek. You've had a major part in equipping them to understand the Greek New Testament. Undoubtedly, you are a gifted linguist, an ability which you discovered early in life, taking A-levels in Latin, Greek, and French, with some ancient history thrown in for good measure. At school, you even managed to combine your passion for Greek and uh, with a love of drama by performing some Greek plays in the original language. I'd love to know what your fellow pupils at Inst made of that, especially when the School Drama Society toured the English public schools and Irish universities. Your love affair with Greek continued after you moved from Ince to Queen's University in 1964. Three years later, you graduated with a Bachelor of Arts degree in Greek, with Latin, ancient history, and philosophy. For Derek, teaching Greek is, I'm reliably told, a form of relaxation, a way to unwind. Fortunately, he's able to empathize with those, perhaps not an insignificant minority, who find Greek anything but relaxing as they struggle to distinguish their alphas from their omegas, never mind their nominatives from their datives. Thankfully, Derek's love of Greek is not an end in itself, for underlying this passion is a genuine desire to understand better the Bible. As someone who has marinated himself in Scripture, he has a burning passion that others should be steeped in the life-transforming Word of God. His ministry has been marked by biblical teaching that seeks through the Holy Spirit to be life-changing. All who listen to him quickly sense that he has a passion for biblical preaching that addresses the needs of contemporary people. Yet, Importantly for Derek, preaching is but one part of his ministry. As the present mission statement of Fisherwick reflects, his vision, his vision is focused 
on the whole gospel for the whole person with the whole church in the whole world. Derek is passionate about discipling others. He's equally passionate about prayer and social action. By way of illustration, in addition to his regular congregational congregational ministry, he served as chairman of the Kairos Trust, running an annual Easter conference from 1997 to 2007. Reaching across denominational boundaries, this conference was committed to the renewal of the church and the discovery of each individual's gifting. For the past 12 years, Derek has regularly taught a prayer ministry course, which he himself authored. He oversees a church staff team of 14 and runs an intern scheme specifically aimed at developing the gifts of young Christians. For students for the ministry within South Belfast Presbytery, he holds occasional quiet days for spiritual refreshment. As regards his commitment to social action, this has a long history. From 1965 to 1973, he was chairman of the Youth Committee of the Northern Ireland Council of Social Service, what we now know as NICVA. He then became chairman of the Executive Committee from 1973 to 1980, and from 1983 to 1986. After this, he was vice president from 1986 to 1995. Through his work with the Northern Ireland Council of Social Service, he was actively involved in the creation of the Northern Ireland Council for the Handicapped, Age Concern, the Citizens Advice Bureau Network, and LEDU. More recently, he has used his experience and skills to support the Church of South India through the construction of five primary schools for Dalit children, the provision of wells, the building of houses for tsunami victims, and the establishment of a nursing school for Dalit girls. South India is a long way from South Belfast, but in both these areas, there are many whose lives have been changed through Derek's ministry. Apart from his passion for Greek, preaching, discipling others, prayer, and social action, there's one other passion that needs to be mentioned, the passion that he has for his wife, Helen, and his ever-growing family circle. His son, Andrew, and daughters, Catherine and Alice, are now all married, Alice just recently. To Moina, Duncan and Richard, respectively. And to date, there are four grandchildren for Derek and Helen to indulge and enjoy. I know that in giving thanks to God for the gifts and opportunities that have come your way, Derek, 
you would want to highlight the vital role that Helen has played in shaping and sustaining your ministry. The adage is true. Behind every great man, there is a great woman. This honor tonight is one that you will share with Helen, your whole family, and many others. All of us tonight should be thankful that from an early age, your life, Derek, was and continues to be transformed by the unmerited, dynamic grace of God. Reverend Principal, it gives me great pleasure to present to you for the conferment of the degree of Doctor of Divinity, Honoris Causa, the Reverend Derek John McKelvey, B.A., B.D. By virtue of the authority vested by Royal Charter in the Presbyterian Theological Faculty Ireland, I as principal admit you, Derek John McKelvey, BA, BD, to the degree of Doctor of Divinity, Honoris Causa. Reverend Principal, there could hardly be a greater contrast between urban life in Ballysillen in 2010 and the rural world of Marilyn outside Lurgan in post-war 1946, the date and place of the birth of Thomas Norman Hamilton. And it could be said that giving leadership to the church at every level in the management of change has been a major theme of Normal Hamilton's ministry career, encouraging the church to adapt its structures, its traditions, its methods, its outreach, and its worship, so as to engage with the rapidly changing world in which we now live. Norman was educated at Portadown College, where he became a Christian through a conversion experience at the age of 17. Already one to break from the mold, he went across the border for his undergraduate degree in economics at Trinity College, Dublin. His years in the Christian Union in Trinity he describes as a particularly formative period in his spiritual growth and development. His economics degree led him to a post in the Northern Ireland Civil Service where he was to lay a foundation for his ability to engage with social and political structures, not least through a period spent in the private office of one of the ministers in the then Stormont government. After seven years in a variety of civil service roles, Norman felt a strong sense of call to move to what is known as full-time Christian work. And he joined the staff of InterVarsity Fellowship, 
later known as the Universities and Colleges Christian Fellowship, working for two years among college students in a patch that stretched from Sheffield northwards to the Scottish borders and from Hull in the east to Bradford in the west. This was followed by two years of management in the UCCF headquarters in Leicester, and indeed since then I know, Norman, that you have continued to be involved at many levels in the ongoing life and work of the UCCF. That period in Leicester was also a time of major life change, in that in 1979, in Leicester, Norman entered into matrimonial bliss with Evelyn, with whom he formed a solid partnership in every aspect of home and ministry that has lasted across over 30 years. And you too, I'm sure, would want to acknowledge this evening the support that Evelyn has given to you. She will be very much at your side during this coming year. And as we congratulate you, we offer Evelyn also our warmest good wishes. Norman's early years of church life were in a Methodist congregation. But as soon as he reached years of discernment, he saw the light. (laughs) And he became established in the congregation of First Lurgan Presbyterian Church. The year 1980 then brought him home from Leicester and from England to theological and ministerial studies in Union Theological College, where he graduated with a degree of Bachelor of Divinity in 1982 with 2.1 honors classification in church history. I examined his college record card today, written in Professor Stanley McIver's copperplate handwriting. And the record suggests that Hebrew language wasn't his strongest subject. (laughs) But the record does give an impressive account of an array of academic and ministry course achievements. The Gailey Essie Prize, the McCaw, Heinemann, Sinclair, Getty, Findlater, and Patton, no relation, prizes, together with the McGill Bursary. Norman was then licensed for the ministry in 1983 in First Lurgan, sharing the ceremony with a fellow student, now the Reverend David Bruce of the Board of Mission in Ireland. These two young rebels determined to challenge the needless formality in church ceremonial, and they veered towards a casualness of dress for this licensing occasion. Rumor has it that they met up at the Queen's University Students' Union a few days previously for the photographer to take the required photographs for the printed order of service. It is said that on that day, Norman arrived with a jacket and no tie. David came with a tie and no jacket. And yes, you've guessed it, to cut a long story short, they were both eventually photographed wearing the same jacket and the same tie. David, however, tells me that he got the worst of the deal because, not to put a too fine a point on it, Norman's jacket wouldn't quite button and the sleeves were nearer to David's elbows than his wrist. As David said, he got the long and the short of it on that occasion. And while we're talking about formality of dress, your friends and colleagues to whom I spoke in the church community development world, Norman, have asked me to ask you 
Are there, is it possible to have moderatorial robes specially designed to go well with the fleece jacket that you wear on every and, every, every and any occasion? We await with interest what the designers will come up with. In your college career, the specialist honors option in your degree pathway was studied under Professor Filmley Holmes, whom you regard as one of the significant influences on your preparation and develop for ministry. Another of Norman's key mentors and a formative influence was the Reverend Alan Flavel, under whom Norman served, sadly, until Alan Flavel's death as assistant minister in Low Memorial Congregation in Finicky. The year 1988 brought Norman to Ballysillen to what was to prove an exciting and fruitful ministry. At first, it must have seemed a struggling and discouraging inner-city church environment, but Norman soon set about researching and exploring innovative approaches to congregational life and ministry. I personally remember in particular his contribution to the first Jesus in the City UK Congress in Liverpool in 1995, where Norman was already emerging as someone who would give a significant lead in innovative thinking and practice in the Presbyterian Church in Ireland on the subject of urban mission, and in particular on the Church's engagement with issues of community development and community transformation. What he himself describes as the quagmire of the Holy Cross dispute, into which he had significant input in 2001. This dispute, in his own words, accelerated his exploration of how local church relates properly to public evil in its parish area, and then by extension to the proper relationship between church and community and the church generally in the wider society. During that and on many other occasions, you have had the courage to reach out the hand of friendship across the community divide, and significantly to lead others forward in doing the same, overcoming the fears and the obstacles and the barriers which our divided society and our culture and tradition place in the way of such cooperation. The focus of Norman's recent period of somatical study leave was entitled The Church and Social Cohesion Policy, a subject about which he tells me we will hear a lot from him in the coming year. So watch this space. Norman has played his part in the wider life of PCI. He's a Presbyterian representative on the Belfast Education and Library Board as a transferors representative. He serves on the General Assembly's Church and Society Committee. He has played a major role within the Board of Mission in Ireland in his insisting on the need for a special focus on urban mission within that board and on the setting up within BMI of a special urban mission unit. In his thinking and writing, as well as in his praxis, he promotes a model of mission which is in terms of community engagement and transformation. He stresses the importance of faith and life integrated in the public square. And he stands for a concept of mission which is holistic, incorporating, but by no means limited to, the traditional categories of evangelistic outreach. And it is not all just theories or structures or methods. Above all, Norman has time for individual people 
inside and outside of congregational life, in his local community and beyond, on whatever side of the community divide, enabling individual people to feel valued, to feel listened to, to feel appreciated for what they are, and such genuine engagement with real people in ordinary life as well as at the point of need or of crisis is surely ultimately of the essence of mission. Norman, too, of course, is a real person. He has hobbies, photography uppermost, he tells me, but also gardening and walking. He lists as among the most special moments of his life both his marriage and also the birth of his daughter Julie in 1990. And home life and love and support for and from his family are of the utmost importance to him. Norman's significant contribution to social cohesion and community relations was recognized by civic society and by government when, in the New Year's Honours List of 2007, he was appointed by Her Majesty the Queen to be an officer of the Order of the British Empire. Recognition has now also been given by his peers to his pioneering role in the mission of the Church by his recent election as moderator-designate of the General Assembly. As a faculty and as a college, we congratulate him on that role. We assure him of our prayerful support for his year of office, which hopefully will include the customary moderatorial visit to Union College. Reverend Principal, I have great pleasure this evening in presenting to you for the degree of Doctor of Divinity, Yuri Dignitatis, the Reverend Thomas Norman Hamilton, Officer of the Order of the British Empire, Bachelor of Arts, Bachelor of Divinity. By virtue of the authority vested by Royal Charter in the Presbyterian Theological Faculty Ireland, I, as principal, admit you, Thomas Norman Hamilton, OBE, BA, BD, to the degree of Doctor of Divinity, Jure Dignitatis. Thanks very much, Thank you so very much. Can I remind you that after we sing this praise, I will pronounce the benediction. Please resume your seats for a few minutes. We stand to sing together, God of grace, amazing wonder, irresistible and free.
and we share the grace together. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Well, first of all, let me say a huge word of thanks to Drew and to the staff and to everybody indeed for uh, what we have uh, been able to do and the honor we've been able to give to the Lord here tonight. Drew, you're good at thanking others. Let me say that you ooze the grace and charm that is such an important and often lacking part of Christian ministry. And I hope that the students uh, who have graduated tonight will have picked up even a little bit of that from you. So thank you for uh, who you are as well as what you do. I have to say I recognize very little of the guy that was being described there a few minutes ago. Um, I was intrigued by Drew's opening comment uh, at the start of the service about the three popes. And for one horrible fleeting moment, I thought he was going to refer to Derek and Ivan and myself. (laughs) And then I was hugely relieved to find that he took the analogy back to staff in Union Theological College. So, Drew, thank you for that deliverance. Moderators are odd bods. Because we are, as far as I can work out, the no doubt somebody in here will correct me, we're not really responsible to any committee, which is such a relief. And in an event like this, I can preach for an hour and you all have to endure it. But I won't. But I do want to say one thing, if I may. Um, Two sides of it, really. Really, for those who have, are leaving us or who are graduating tonight, I think the first thing I want to say, and I may say something more about this on the opening night of assembly, the church of Jesus Christ in this land has been and continues to take a very public battering. We've only got to look at the news bulletins and the ongoing saga of scandal right across the church spectrum. Alongside that, we have the very significant intellectual attacks from the Richard Dawkinses of this world and the, and the mess of creationism and evolution and all the rest of it. And as a third part of this, uh, we have the cynics and the commentators writing regularly and appearing on the media regularly. And it does seem to me that one of the great calls of Christian ministry throughout the whole church and at every level is to re-find confidence in Christ, confidence in the Scriptures, confidence in the gospel, and to stand up for God and for Christ. I want to say to uh, those of you who are um, graduating tonight, I think it's going to be no accident that, uh, that Derek and Ivan and I have ministered in an urban context. Derek, of course, has ministered in a posh urban context, but that's neither here. 
Ivan and I have ministered in a real urban context. <laughs> I think I'd better back away from that. But we have ministered in an urban context and continue to do so. Let me say to, to, those, to those of you who are just starting out, the urban scene is an addictive place to work. Uh, it is no accident that Ivan has been in South Belfast for well over 20 years. Derek, you've been here for how long? 16, and I've been 22-ish in Ballysillen. Once you get into urban ministry, God puts a heart for the city deep into you, and you don't want to leave it. So when you come to urban ministry, you ain't coming for a three-year stint to prepare you for something. You are coming for a long haul and a very happy and productive haul under God. Urban ministry will bring you to many, many testing points. Let me share a conversation, and I'll have to be slightly careful how I put this, with a very senior policeman that I had this morning. He works in this city. And he has turned down in the last... He's a lovely, godly man. And in the last few months, he has turned down the offer of a very high-profile, status-ridden, overpaid job with the police in London because he wants to serve the people of this city and the police service of Northern Ireland as a, Christ, as a very senior Christian policeman. And I suppose what I'm saying is there are many people in the city environment and elsewhere, because I do come from the country, who are committed to honoring God throughout the length and breadth of Ireland. And for those of us who have the privilege of urban ministry, I think we think we have actually the best, the best patches of all, the best end of the stick. So that's my little rant or sermon or whatever way you want to put it over. But I do want to, again, thank everybody for... Uh, coming here this evening for just the wonderful singing that it was great to be at the front and not having to be standing up here um, and to thank again the staff for their preparation for tonight and for their preparation week in week out of all our students for the ministry we're going to go uh, back over to the college for um, for the proverbial Presbyterian tea and buns. I remember Lindsay Conway in Church House saying to me that while there are Presbyterians, the world of the Trebek will never be dead. <laughs> Amen. So um, we'll just take a moment to pray and to give thanks uh, for our tea and Trebeks. Our Father, we do want to thank you so much for the richness of your grace in so many ways. And we want to thank you for the reminder tonight that our God reigns. Even when the clouds are dark, the shadows are long, and the pain is deep. We ask that you will help each and every one of us to acknowledge the gracious sovereignty of God in all of the experiences of life, no matter what they may be. We want to thank you for bringing us to this day, this place, this moment, for the 
providential way in which our lives have been brought right here, right now. And as we have shared the fellowship of this past hour together, we thank you for the food provided for us. And in a world of intense need, in this Christian aid week, we do not take the material gifts of life for granted. So we give you our thanks, and we seek the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, on us not just tonight, but today, uh, tomorrow, and next week, and into your future. So part us with your blessing, we pray, in Jesus' name.